Welcome back to the Dakota Resource Council podcast here in a magnificent month of June. Nice weather, snow is gone, but we still have some problems around North Dakota. And one of those issues is methane. And as most of our listeners and members know, we've been working on uh, methane and flaring around North Dakota. And uh, it has gotten a bit better, but there's still a lot of work to do. And on the line today, we do have lead organizer Liz Anderson, who has diligently working on this issue with members and uh, she's had a busy year this past couple of weeks, um, in the words of all of us here, because we always jam-pack weeks with work. That's, that's what happens here. But we, we had a new Synapse uh, Energy Economics Analysis that was uh, commissioned by the Environmental Defense Fund and Taxpayers for Common Sense on uh, how much of that methane gas is wasted. And uh, Liz has been up in an airplane and in meetings and organizing members it's it's been it's been a wild ride so first liz blink twice if you are okay okay just so everyone knows she blinked twice so liz now if you want to speak uh, how are you and how is your energy level after the past couple of weeks thanks sean uh, energy level's good uh, it's tiring but rewarding work um that synapse study that you were talking about analysis just got released yesterday um, and it does talk about waste and pollution which are two of the things that we're we're working on we are working towards getting two rulemakings put through uh, one for the Bureau of Land Management or BLM and one for the Environmental Protection Agency um, both deal with methane but both are coming at it in slightly different ways uh, the BLM rule uh, is really dealing with waste and they're talking about money so when people say waste it's a waste of a saleable product it's the waste of uh, the environment and the waste of people's health which also costs money all of those things end up costing money but North Dakota is an oil you know reliant state and there's literally millions of dollars being vented flared and leaked in the state of North Dakota. And though that money could be put towards the legacy fund, towards public schools, infrastructure, uh, lots of things. Uh, so that's, we're trying to get the, the BLM rule passed, which would mitigate waste uh, by making them, them being the oil companies, have to uh, capture the methane rather than flare it, which is what you see burning at oil sites, or if you don't see it burning, but you see a bunch of smoke coming out, that's a vent, which is really an unleaked flare. And then you can go to our YouTube channel. We have what's called a FLIR, F-L-I-R camera, and they show tanks that are uh, that are leaking, and it's an infrared camera, so you, you, you can see it with the things with the camera that you can't see with the naked eye. And yeah, we went over on the EcoFlights, and that was pretty amazing. We flew out of Watford City on the first day, and we took a, a twilight shot uh, flight at about 5.30 and you, a.m. And you could see flares immediately and uh, big flares, flares on the horizon. I mean, it was just, it was really shocking to see from the bird's eye perspective how many, how many flares there were, how many oil wells there were, what the, you know, the, the, the cuts from any kind of a pipeline or a transmission line uh, just scarring, scarring the land. And then the second day we flew out of Bismarck. So that was a, a longer flight, but what we did is we flew over Lake Sakakawea, and it was uh, the, the, our, our media passengers remarked upon how close all the oil wells were to the lake, 
and they often go down for a certain number of feet and then over horizontally and are tapping tapping minerals under the under the lake and those things are not clean sites so they're right on the the water and that is the water supply for many communities uh, within Fort Berthold Reservation as well as others along in that community so not great to have truck leavings no. being dripped into the, yeah, into the I mean, lake. And, and that's the great thing about that eco-flight is there's just some things you can see in the air that you can't really see or notice underground, uh, you know, on the ground, not underground. That would make you a hobbit, I think, or I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I think the eco-flight kind of, you know, gives a bigger view of it and, and, and the impacts, like you said. And even if you're not even concerned about the environmental impact. Like in the presser yesterday, the economic impact, which you talked about, um, I think the numbers were like $680 million worth of flared gas in 2019. I mean, That's right. And then like some $43 million that would go to the state for like tax revenue. I, that That's a good chunk of change. And... It kind of well, it makes sense that the taxpayers for common sense, you know, kind of stepped in because that, I mean, it's just a waste of money. So overall, it's it's not helping our state at all. No, and uh, the oil companies certainly get uh, enough of a of a free reign, say, from the state that they could, you know, they blame inf- lack of infrastructure, but there are ways you can truck it out, you can pipeline it out uh, that would uh, allow it not to be flared and. Frankly, you know, North Dakota, in a study from the uh, Rystad Energy, uh, showed that North Dakota has a flaring intensity of seven times greater than the next state. So Colorado, New Mexico, Texas all have better uh, capture rates than than North Dakota. So uh, I just, you know, I get a little North Dakota pride in me, and I don't think those states ought to be able to beat us in that. So, no. um, you know, go uh, go North Dakota and let's get this sorted out. And then, so that was the BLM rule talking about waste. And then Environmental Protection Agency, uh, I tell people who are new to it that it's EPA, which is, the P is for pollution, um, and that's how people can keep it straight. But that's talking about the actual volatile organic compounds such as toluene, benzene, things that are really, really bad for the system, uh, human and uh, environmental, as, and a lot of them can be uh, transformed via sunlight into ozone. And that is a critical piece of climate change. So this pollution is causing uh, nosebleeds, increased cancer rates. Uh, it affects the endocrine system. So women have a harder time uh, getting pregnant, keeping pregnancies, and then also having healthy babies. Um, at least on the, the MHA nation, Mandan, Hidatsa, Rikura nation, there was a huge impact of COVID-19 because they already had a compromised respiratory system. It's this way, this pollution that gets them immediately as they're in proximity to these flares and these tanks. A lot of people live uh, within 60 miles, which has been shown to be the, sort of the danger zone, the most dangerous zone for living near these these uh, structures. And um, then they get it in extreme weather for, you know, fires, drought. If, you know, I know a lot of ranchers, they had you know, snow for calving and rain for getting crops in the field. And that's not any different up on the reservation. People also ranch and farm. It's just all around a, a bad deal. And, and it, DRC has already done this. In 2016, uh, Fort Berthold Power and uh, got Tribal Business Council to sign on to a letter that we sent to Senator Heidi Heidkamp 
encouraging the passage of this BLM methane rule in 2016. And as soon as the, the next administration, the Trump administration came in, all of those things and more were wiped away. So we have trod upon this ground before, and we are just trying to to get back to the rules that at one time we thought were not strong enough. Now we're like pining for those rules. So it's a good first step. The EPA has done a lot of things. They are uh, looking at uh, zero emitting pneumatic compressors, which are bad, you know, have emit methane a lot. Um, also, they are talking about a super emitter program, which sounds really complicated, but what that is, is it's actually, it's a community science program where if you think that something is leaking and you can measure it with some kind of a, an air monitor then you can report it to the EPA and they will notify either their people to for cleanup or the in, or the owner of the, the that particular site well or tank whatever it is and so because EPA and BLM both are underfunded they don't have a lot of people on the ground they don't have enough people on the ground so the citizen science uh, is a really good way to keep the oil industry accountable to what they're exposing our friends and neighbors to and there are penalties you can't just falsely claim that there's a leak if that happens there's penalties and you know I, I don't know all what they are but i know that it's not it's not just like oh sorry that was wrong so you do have to have some sort of uh, real-time proof that this is what's happening but a lot of times leaks happen and and nobody knows about it and the industry doesn't care or doesn't notice it and then they uh, nothing is happening except pollution and so this is a good way to stop that. Also, DRC is collaborating with some groups from Michigan, and we are going to implement a, th a three-month study, air ambient air monitor study, to actually get some air monitoring within the boundaries of Fort Berthold, which even though there's like 1,700 active wells within the boundaries, there's not a single air monitor there. So nobody really knows what is happening to the air. There have been small studies from the Nueta Hidatsasanish College or and also um, Colorado State University and others have done some brief studies, but this will be a three-month study. We're going to have three different types of samplers and uh, it will be, some of them will be analyzed. They're like a canister that pulls air and that will be analyzed at a lab and then we will get the results from that. And some of them will actually report to a website so that people can see in real time what they're breathing and depending on the monitor one will do these what i was talking about the volatile organic compounds to they'll speciate them which means they'll tell you how much benzene how much toluene not just that yes this is happening but specifically what Specific, you're breathing yeah that's yeah exactly and then I mean, yeah then, then they'll do so and they do different things like i know yeah anyway um and then they'll also do particulate matter one will do ozone and one will do the vocs just a, a general VOC. And so people will be able to get onto this website and view on a map where these samples are and where where the air is as far as pollution. And there's particulate matter, which with all these fires, that, that has a ton of a particulate matter, makes for great sunsets, but not really great breathing. Exactly. Um, and so we'll be able to get a, a three-month study to determine what's happening. And then um, hopefully we'll be able to persist with some of these. Uh, like I said, we're working with uh, the college up there and hopefully that will be, we can incorporate that into something with, with Dr. Hartman up there, who is the or dean, dean of academics and, and works in the uh, head of the environmental department. So, And as soon as uh, all of this gets going and, and the website is working and such, we'll, we'll share that on our uh, Dakota Resource Council social media 
and uh, with our members with the email. So it should be kind of an interesting thing to watch over the summer once we get going. And that's going on later this month. I forgot. That's that's right. Um, the folks. So and the other piece of it is that we are people who live on the frontline communities uh, near a refinery in Detroit are coming to North Dakota. So we're going to have some exchange of knowledge and effects of the the various ends of oil and gas production from the getting it out of the ground to refining it for our use. Um, and so they're going to be coming out uh, the week of or like, I think, around the ninth, actually the 19th of June. And then we'll install and get things up and running. And uh, we should have the website up. We're shooting for July just to you know, make sure that we've got everything reading properly. So, but we'll have a, you know, a presser out there. We're gonna have uh, uh, the people who are hosting the, the monitors that are citizens. And so they'll be involved and, and be able to, uh, to watch how they're installed and, and we'll have a little training on what they do, why we're doing it and what we can learn from it. And then hopefully, you know, the end result will give us some leverage with tribal state and federal agencies and governments to enforce some of these rules and hopefully uh, by then the methane rule may will be well on its way to being completed and as well the BLM and we can get the implementation plan so there's a state implementation plan of them taking this the EPA rules and making them uh, a reality on the ground and if that doesn't work then the feds come in and they do a federal imp implementation plan so um, we're hoping to have some good information and to let people know what's what's really going on um, the last uh, clean air analysis said that North Dakota was pretty good, but the problem with that is that you know, the monitors are not anywhere near contamination points, and they're up on a hill, many of them, and everybody knows that you know, the weather in North Dakota would be the best ever if it just weren't so windy. Exactly. And so this, it's, you know, this, this wind blows through, it's clean, and then people think, oh, we're great. But uh, even, the, even our only national park, Theodore Roosevelt National Park, uh, has had a uh, a huge uptick in air quality. We've never been in a good, had a good air quality in that, and it is a, a, a clean air shed. And so that nothing is really being done about this. And, and it's time that we, we pull together and, and make sure that the state and the land and the air that we breathe and our no friends and neighbors are taken care of and are healthy. Just that that's, you know, uh, we're not saying don't, don't work here, but we're saying you don't don't have to kill us on the land in the process. Exactly. Which sounds dramatic, but no, it's a long, but, slow <laughs> But for how long have we been saying we want to make North Dakota a good place to live and work? And, and right now the conditions out there are not so great. And we just want to show the people in charge that it's, you know, we, we could resolve some of these issues. And, and I'm so happy to be a part of Dakota Resource Council and have active members working with the staff to try to come up with solutions and advocate yeah, for I mean, others. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, for sure. Uh, no, I just, you know, if we didn't have the members, we wouldn't have a job. And so um, this is about you guys out there and, and what you want to do and what you know. And so we can try to show you what's happening. But everybody that I talk to uh, within Fort Berthold Power, this is nothing new. This report saying that the government isn't doing very much is um it's not a surprise to those of people living on the front line so it's uh you know it's a long slog and we it keeps getting but you know depending on the the political situation things move forward or, or move backwards but uh this is about people's lives and livelihood and uh, the betterment of our state and so that's what we're 
that's what we're really working for. We're working for you guys. Well, it sounds like uh, you and our members aren't really going to have a summer break. But, um, hey, it's important work, and the past two weeks have especially been crazy. But uh, members stepping up and uh, DRC staff stepping up and trying to get, like said before, resolutions to these problems and kind of wave the flag like, hey, hello, remember us here in North Dakota, we need some help on this. So, uh, Liz, I appreciate everything that uh, you and the members working on this have done and you guiding the members and helping them in any way. And voices are being heard, and hopefully by the end of the summer, beginning of this fall, will be heard even more. Um, I guess there's not much else on my end. I mean, you're the one with all the knowledge and information, unless if there's anything else that you want to uh, say to the listeners, to the members, um, about anything else, uh, go ahead. The microphone is yours. Again, gratitude for the members. If anybody has questions or wants to learn more about the, the work that's going on, my contact's on the website and uh, my email as well. So please feel free to reach out. If you call the office, the calls will be directed to me if I'm the one you want to speak to. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a good summer. My sister in Colorado uh, got in the mountains, got snow. So not oh. much, but so it could be worse. It's still know? the S word. and I don't like the S word. So, yeah, I'll I'll take rain and our and three up. months of summer. And summer? No. Yeah, summer? Calorie? What is summer? Don't right. know. Don't know what that thing is. I just put away my <laughs> snowblower, used it about right? 14,000 times. Stay close to our social media on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we'll definitely keep you updated. We've, uh, if you go there now, it's, uh, some stories on, uh, things that have taken place this past week with the environmental defense fund, the eco flight, uh, our presser. So yeah. And, and news stories that, uh, we're dishing out to the media. So just stay tuned, stay updated. If you're a member, you'll get, uh, emails uh every it, it all depends on when things sometimes it's a lot of emails and updates and other times there's just kind of a hurry up and wait so we're just waiting on some things but looking forward to the air monitors looking forward to uh, making life a little bit better out there on the floor berthold reservation and bogging country so thank you again liz we appreciate it and stay tuned we'll have more from uh, other areas of drc work on the next podcast mm-hmm.